You ready to do this? Y'all ready for this? Nah, 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 nah. Oh, man. <laughs> and that's about as much fun as I'm going to have this whole podcast. <sighs> Goose Rubba, right? What? Welcome back to the Bad Gamecast. This is Jake. I'm Jason. And this week we played Fallout 76. That we did. Because they decided to cut the price by $25 in the first two weeks. Mm. The sign of a great game. Desperately cutting the price to try to get people to buy it because your initial sales were 80% lower than the last game you put out in this series. Would that have anything to do with um, all of the user and critic reviews? Oh, because it's hot garbage. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah, to uh, anybody who actually liked this game. Dying a fire. <laughs> coming out hard, coming out strong. <laughs> uh, I guess, Jake, do your stupid spiel. Yeah, all right. Uh, produced by Bethesda Softworks, developed by Bethesda Game Studios. Uh, released this year on Xbox, PS4, and PC. Uh, I don't think I'm missing anything on that one, right? Instead of going through a multiple list of other games released in 2018, we've covered this in Metal Gear Survive, Shaq Fu Legend Reborn, and our upcoming game. Listen to those. Yeah, the next episode was also a this year release, kind of, I guess. Spoilers! <laughs> Spoilers. Tweet your guesses into the Bad Gamecast and win nothing. Yeah, tweet at us. Why not? What's the worst that could happen? I use your Twitter account to hunt you down and weigh your skin. I thought you said worst that could happen. Yeah. Hmm. Jake, most people want their skin. Oh. It doesn't just slough off and you just regrow new skin? Not in my experience. There's a lot more screaming. Hmm. So do you want to cover... You know, wait, where... No, I want to I start... I want to start backing up, backing up, backing up, back, back in time. Uh, so I think it was around the E3 episode. Where I talked about how I was cautiously interested in Fallout 76. Because back back in the good old days when we didn't know what the game was, just that they were making it. You know, I have not made it... I have made it clear, that's a better way to phrase that, that I like Fallout. Uh, the lore of everything that kind of goes with the worlds, Fallout 1 and 2, which are basically single-player tabletop RPGs in video game form I really like I was disappointed with 4 and was hoping that you know their next project would be interesting and then more information kept coming out about it about how it's a massively multiplayer online Fallout experience <laughs> but don't worry it's also suitable for single-player Todd made sure to reassure everyone uh, that it's going to be for those hardcore Fallout fans and for the new people. Uh, it's as much, uh, you know, as, as selling any game, as much fence riding as he could do. So who's Todd? Uh, Todd is a professional liar. Hmm. Um, and is, what is he technically? Like he's there, he, he works for Bethesda. 
Yeah, you mean uh, Todd Howard. Todd Howard. Professional liar. Professional liar. I don't actually know what his title is. I could probably look it up. I'm on it. And so it's it was all a lot of that, like, talking up the game. Which, you know, you're trying to sell games. You want to sell your product. So you're going to tell people what they want to hear. Problem is, when you don't actually uh, back it up with anything, you know, they talked about how how many different studios pitched in. And this was the biggest, most ambitious project Bethesda Game Studios has ever worked on. And yeah, he's just listed as uh, game director for 4 and 76. But I can't find, like, what his title is in the company. If that's true, they should all be fired. All of them. Because this game is super bad. I'm sure you can... You've probably heard through the grapevine. Maybe watch some videos, maybe some... But uh, we didn't play in the beta because we didn't pre-order. Because neither of us had any interest in the game. Oh, God, no. As an actual game. And then people were, you know... saying it was shit and we were like oh man we're gonna have to play this for the podcast and then they started cutting the price and we were like well if they're gonna give it nearly 50 percent off kind of spitting in the face of the people who bought it already since it was two weeks later yeah but that really cinched it for us where don't want to play it but can't argue with the price at the moment yeah it basically made sense for us to dive headfirst into the world of West Virginia. Almost heaven? Um, no. <laughs> Actual heaven. But the Blue Ridge Mountains and the Shenandoah River. Fight me. <laughs> Jason, life is old there. <laughs> Older than the trees. <laughs> I'll, I'll just wait for you to be finished. I don't know what the next line is. All right, sounds good. So... You start in by downloading the Bethesda <laughs> game client. And Honest this, to God, not where I thought you were going with that. <laughs> this is where we already hit our first obstacle. Oh, shit. <laughs> because Bethesda was like, hey, we should stop paying Steam and have our own game launcher, just like everyone else is doing. So if you're playing video games on your PC at this point, you probably have between four and eight launchers depending on which games you play. You know, off the top of my head, you've obviously got Steam, uh, GOG, if you're into older games and some newer kind of weird stuff. I guess technically, as you said, Discord counts now since they sell games. Yep. Uh, or Origin, you play... Twitch. Uh, yeah, Twitch, Bethesda, Blizzard. Epic. Yes. I think that's the major players. I think there's Itch, right? I don't know. Yeah, so it has now become just this, like, where once you had one, maybe two launchers, now you could have a whole bunch of them. A different launcher for every different game. Yeah, every different studio has to have their own launcher. And some of them work better than others. Steam, obviously, has been around so long that they have worked basically everything except for their uh chat system to be really really well run their chat system's probably better now that they're ripping off discord yeah that's i just use discord yeah no you're that's the right way to do it i mean i don't buy games from discord 
but I use them for all my voice chat things because Discord. I watch games through Discord just because that's always the first thing that I open. Yeah. So Bethesda's launcher manages to be the worst launcher that I have on my computer. As a launch rate somehow slows down my PC. That That is what gets to me, I think, is just how how much resources that it hogs. And, like, when you launch it and everything just starts to chug for no goddamn reason just because the launcher's up, What what is the launcher doing? Yeah, they often, like, they offer, like, seven whole games. And <laughs> I don't, I don't even get, like, it doesn't offer particularly interesting stats or any like it's so bad well there's no way for you to access a friends list inside the launcher because all of your friends list for all of the games that you would use the launcher for are all in the games themselves yeah wow how is that a thing like blizzard has uh you know their whole friend list that's just like unified through blizzard account Mm -hmm. and steam obviously like how are they that like, nope, your friends don't, you know, cross between games. So you don't know if any of your friends are playing until you actually boot the game. Or if you see that they're playing over on Discord because, you know. Discord cheerily tells you what your friends are doing. Yeah. Because it's actually useful, unlike Bethesda's launcher. Yeah. Oh, did you think I was going to start when you ordered the game on Amazon because it was $35 and then they wait to ship it to you, but I get it first because I have Prime and you don't, and then you open it up and inside it's a actual physical game case like you would get with a regular game, but because you got it for PC, when you open it up, it's just a cardboard disc that you take out of the CD tray and flip over and there's just a code on the back. Yeah. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the shipping issues that I had with it aside... Uh, like when they said it was going to ship and then it didn't actually ship till a week later and then it took about that long for me to get it, I think. I, I don't know. The whole thing makes me angry and I, I can't blame Bethesda for that. And like I could probably blame Am- Amazon, but it, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, that's not what we're here about. What I do want to know is why, because uh, I tried to just buy the code to, you know, skip all this shipping bullshit. Just email me the code because that's what you're going to send me with way too much crap with it. But that was sold out. Yeah. How... How? You, I, you literally just make them up as you go along. How can they be sold out? <laughs> I mean, they can't. Uh, you could not run out of codes the way they're set up, but they, i assuming, allocated a certain amount to be distributed, and they ran out of those codes. So instead, we got physical codes for our digital game. I mean, plus side something that can be refunded yes yeah no like it's not worth the hassle to get my fucking 30 bucks back it's whatever i'm just gonna eat that fine that's the cost of the business right yeah (laughs) man why why do i have this ugly fucking case clouding up my goddamn shelf with like games that i actually like oh you still have yours i don't even know where mine is at this point yeah i threw it in the uh, stack of the console games right here Mm. Or have all the older ones on the uh, makeshift shelves over there. I mean, I assume you still have all the other games we've played. I can see... I do. Uh, Aliens, Colonial Marines. 
Uh, look, any game that we buy, it goes into the collection, whether I like it or not. Uh, but I do try and keep separated the like games that I bought for me and the games for the podcast because they, there is no crossover there. So at this point, we're like 50-50 on that pile over there that's like real games versus like just terrible games. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> uh, you eventually get to finally launch the game, I guess. And, you know, it's like early december and it pops up and it's like happy thanksgiving and something something i just thought it was funny that they left that up for like a week and a half two weeks after thanksgiving because i couldn't be bothered to like update it hold on i mean everything was on fire yeah yeah it was no sorry no everything wasn't on fire everything is on fire right at the time of this recording everything for bethesda is still currently on fire (laughs) yes I assume by the time this releases, everything is on fire. Like, <laughs> Well, I'm sure they'll have the whole canvas bag situation worked out. And... I mean, they have it worked out now, kind of. And people like their game, right? No. <laughs> I mean, some people, but... And they totally released a, an entire and fully working game. Oh, no, definitely not that one. <laughs> Alright, so we can actually get into the game now. Playing the game. You hit make new character. Uh, in the very kind of same... It reminded... I, I mean, I don't know if... Is it the same character designer as Fallout 4? I believe so, yeah. If it's not the exact same, it's... Very similar. Yeah. So, you know, you're gonna make a character. Um, so, obviously, I went with a large-nosed ginger with a pompadour. Like you do. Yeah. He's hilarious. He's my favorite thing about the game. Every time it boots up and it has just the picture of him on that ID card, I just fucking laughed myself. I wouldn't know. Um, because I didn't have an ID card. Uh, because when I went to go take the ID card picture, uh, the character model just faded away. Yeah, see, so- mine, mine did that, and then it eventually just faded back into existence. Oh, so Marty McFly went back and fixed the timeline? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, not for me. It's just blank picture. <laughs> perfect the only thing that let me change was the um filters on the background Hmm. which is set to this weird like i don't know acid color so everything's like purple and bright green (laughs) so when i load in it just it's like that background with the weird fallout boy picture and all the weird little animals and all the colors are wrong weird yeah i'd show you but as soon as i was done with my notes i uninstalled this bitch (laughs) i was fucking done perfect I think it's still installed on my machine, but I just haven't been around. You start playing, you know, you probably run around for a little bit like, what is this grand new world? And then, you you know, uh, for me, at least, you just get disconnected. My first half hour into the game, just disk server disconnect. It took me, I think it was 45 minutes the first time. Yeah. Welcome to the game. Waiting for your next server disconnect. Yeah! They happen regularly enough that you'll notice them you can count on one happening like that's that's just kind of how it is uh which speaks to how poorly built the game is even those goddamn apologists on reddit bitch about the server disconnects because everyone has to deal with it yeah and it is not quick to load into the game no no it is not so 
Jake, you're going to have to go through the story so much as it is. Heavy quotations on story. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, my story was uh, Ginger Dude with a pompadour wears greaser outfit and hits things with hammer. And that was the entire game for me from start to finish. Find biggest thing, hit it with hammer. Uh, I think the only thing I didn't kill like was, a, I guess, the Myrtler Queen and a Scorch Beast. I did end up getting a Deathclaw. Hmm. Congrats. I'm kind of impressed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will walk us through the uh, story such as it is up to a point, and then I will talk about that when we get there. Uh, the Your created character wakes up from Vault 76, which is a control vault that was to open 25 years after the Great War. Uh, you are the first ones out to try and rebuild society. I mean, 25 years is enough time for the radiation from all the fallout to dissipate, but whatever. Now, you're also the only person in there when you wake up. Like, you're the last one out, I believe. I mean, that's kind of how they set it up. Like, when you get up and make your character and go through that whole intro area, it's just you in leaving the vault. And the idea, I assume, is that everyone else is the people. So all, all, all the yeah, yeah. human characters are the other people from the vault. Yeah, because they set up that you had a party the night before and like you just got up hungover and overslept. Yeah. Uh, and this is when you realize that uh, there are no people around. Uh, there are Mr. Handy Robots to guide you out of the vault and they give you little tutorial tips and like you pick up gear from them. Uh, and this is when you notice that you can't actually talk to anything. Uh -huh. You can press E to interact, because uh, we were both playing on PC. And things will talk at you, but there is no back and forth, not even the trimmed down version that is Fallout 4. Yeah, your character is a mute. The game is you, at the very beginning, following audio logs that the Overseer left for whoever finds them to tell you about her journey. And the first place that you go to is to meet with the first responders, a group of Great War survivors that are trying to build a community so everyone can start over and attempt to build a normal life. Yeah, it was like cops and some firefighters and that kind of stuff. Service jobs who came together and were like, hey, we're going to try to keep doing what we do and help people. Yeah. And uh, all of the main quests in the game, uh, you do have an end goal, sort of, although it's an MMO, so there is no end, are all different factions that you work with. The first responders being the first one. Um, you do a couple of tutorial bullshits with them, which leads you to the... Uh, what are they called? The fire breathers. The fire breathers are a whole... They're just like a subset of the first responders. They're the guys that are go... That go in and attack the scorched. Sure. It is oh, with the uh, first responders that they talk the about the scorched. The scorched are the... Like, one of the new enemies... They're very new, very interesting. Uh, they're definitely 100% not reskinned raiders. Damn. See, I was thinking more ghouls because no. of their zombified look, but no, they're absolutely what the raiders would have been. Yeah, they're reskinned raiders. That's all they are. They have the same AI. Half of them are melee and attack you with, like, hatchets. The other half have, like, shotguns and pipe pistols and will get try to duck behind cover and shoot you. They are the raiders from Fallout 4. Just with weird crystal faces. Yeah, so they, they're kind of like these burn victim looking, and they've got these little like crystals all over them, because they're infected with the Scorch Plague, 
which turns you um, crazy and violent. And when you stumble across them, they're like sort of frozen in place. And if they stay there for too long, then their body burns up from the inside. But apparently they're fine once they start moving. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I didn't pay that much attention. Yeah, so you... (laughs) And because there's no one to talk to, uh, you find audio logs from all of these people and they just talk at you. And, like, they give you your next direction. So, like, the tutorial stuff. uh, Hey, let me show you how to make a camp. Or this is how you make food. Or for the first responders, or the fire breathers, I mean. They were working on a scorch detection system. And there is one guy in particular you need to find. But you can't find him until you're after you join the faction, of course. So you do their bullshit trial. You make your way to the fire Charleston Fire Department, where the guy should be. And lo and behold, he's not there. Turns out he went on a mission to the top of the world. So you head off to the top of the world to find him. Jason! Who's at the top of the world? Oh, that's where you meet Rose. She's one of the few kind of NPCs. She is definitely a quest giver. Yeah. But again, no interaction. No. Uh, I mean, you can go up and press the interact button and she just talks at you some more. Rose is a raider. Rose is a raider. And you're like, but I thought there were no human NPCs in this game. And you are right. She's a robot, and she's super quirky and funny. Ha, 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 ha. I hate her. I hate her so much. She is super fucking irritating. She's a modified Miss Nanny, mm-hmm. but her her speech pattern and characteristics are modeled off another raider. I, we don't need to get into it. Who gives a shit? Uh, all that matters is she makes you do a bunch of shit to gain her trust, which comes down to... Um, shoot a yogi with some drug and watch it get all ragey mm-hmm. or make friends with a death claw you know yeah, well that works it's just like dumb stuff it's a fucking death claw you go up and you whistle at it and it's like the fuck and then it tears your goddamn face off like the entirety of everything she has you do are just pointless dumb tasks that are spread out around this exceedingly large map yeah so you go from the top of the world which was was it a ski yeah, resort. The ski resort. Yeah. Uh, you eventually complete her stuff. You get the stuff that you needed to get from uh, Madrigan was his name, the fire breather that you were off in search of. And you need to get a relay, I believe it is, which takes you to the Free States bunkers, the next faction that you uh, quote unquote interact with. Uh, all of these people were former Brotherhood of Steel members. I didn't get through enough of their audio logs to figure out if they left or they were left or what happened there. But they talk about being in training together for the Brotherhood because you come up on some Brotherhood crab. They have a scorch detection system. They did all the legwork. The system now needs fixed and upgraded, which is what they have you do. By what? they, you mean their corpses. By they, I mean the audio log that starts to play as soon as you walk into the first bunker and then you follow her footsteps and play tapes in a certain order. Yeah. Because that's good storytelling. It's very interactive and immersive. Especially because audio logs that you pick up in the world, at least for me, uh, basically never play. Not if you try to play them as soon as you pick them up. I would have to pick them up and then go through the Pip-Boy menu, and then I could play them. Yeah. Because if you try to play them from the world, 
It's just static. And, you know, because it's always online, there is no pause. So everything's just happening around you while you're trying to navigate through a menu. Yeah. So if there's enemies, make sure you kill them and then go into your menu and try to listen to your holotapes finally. So I did get through the Free State's missions. Uh, What is next? Mm, Excuse me. That was weird. Is the Brotherhood of Steel and the Enclave. Uh, I stopped. At this point in the game, I don't know, I had 20, 25 hours in. I was over it. For the multitude of reasons that we will get into momentarily. But I, I know what happens. What happens is you do the Brotherhood missions, you become a Brotherhood of Steel member. Throw quotes around everything. Keep going. Just, just go. Uh, yeah, you do their bullshit. You do the Enclave bullshit, you launch nukes, blah, yeah, blah, blah, game over. You do the over. Enclave bullshit, you figure out where the Scorch Beasts are coming from. Uh... You become a general with the Enclave, and you nuke where the Scorch Beasts come out of. End of story. Good talk, everyone. Then you get the end game of, like, I guess grinding Scorch Beasts. Ooh. Or, in my case, White Springs Ghouls. Well, yeah. The best grinding. Before we start shitting all over this, I want to talk about a couple of things that I liked about the game. Fine, fine. Try to be balanced. That's yeah. on you. I'm, I'm, I really had to work for this. Out of the gate, the way that you level up, how you pick uh, one of your special stats to go up, and then you get to pick a card, which is, instead of having a giant skill tree, you have each perk tied to a card that you can use on e- a special stat. Yes. So, like, uh, Packrad, carry more carrying capacity, you... Gave yourself a bonus of strength, you can throw a pack rat card, you can now carry an additional 25% or 25 pounds weight. Yeah, it's not what it does, but yeah. Yeah, whatever, you know what I mean. <laughs> Strong back increases your carrying capacity. Pack rat reduces the weight of junk. Ah. Okay. But stuff like that. I, I like the way that the card system worked. Disagree. I have issues with it. <laughs> But I like that instead of having a giant sprawling skill tree, like the way that they work around that. Yeah, so I kind of like the cards, except for you can change the cards at any time, right? Which can be very handy. Yes, it can. What makes it handy is that if you have lock picking or terminal hacking and you come across a terminal that you can hack, you can throw your terminal hacking on, hack the terminal... And then take it off. But that just means you have to navigate through your Pip-Boy to your perks. Juggle, you know, which ones to take off to put on to give yourself the hacking you need. Hack it. And then juggle back so that you have your build for, you know, being out in the world, carrying stuff, fighting stuff. And I think that that is a massive issue. I think that the lockpicking and that kind of stuff should have been passive traits because it needs to be. Because if you can switch it out of the fly, there is no reason to ever have lockpicking on your build until you come across a safe. And then you're just spending time. I was trying to be positive and not just jump into the negative. Three of the four things that I have listed down as pros, I have negatives for. I'll have negatives for all of them. Level up being one of them. Uh, another one that's a double-edged sword, the fact that it's multiplayer. The idea of 
exploring the wasteland with friends online. The idea of is really good. Yeah, I mean, I can't vault them for ideas, you know. What you could make in a multiplayer Fallout world could be interesting. This is garbage. You don't get a you don't get points for what you tried to do, you get points for what you did. Oh, absolutely goddamnly. But another pro that I liked the exploration itself. Now, there is entire issues with the map and how empty it is. I know there's fuck all nothing to do, but there are those moments when you're out exploring the wasteland and you come across some random shit, by which I mean a building you can actually go into. Or the one time I came across uh, two Mr. Handy units, uh, the male and the female version, and they were flirting with each other. And it was super fucking awkward. And it was amazing. But it's those little moments like that, like, right, this is a Fallout game. This is what I play Fallout games for. I wish, like, it had happened more than the literal one time. Uh, another thing I really liked about it was the daily events and, like, the different random events that come up on the map or fighting to control a workshop for that sweet, sweet XP farming. Yeah. Also a free area to fast travel to once you had them. Mm. That's choice. Free, free fast traveling is very nice because the map is so ungodly large. All right, but that's all the positive I had. Oh, I guess those were positives. Uh, now it's time to talk about the negatives, and for this, I'm just gonna start somewhere. Uh, I think I'm gonna start in the most obscure place, because it's the hardest to tack down, and then we'll actually get into the brass tacks of what is broken about this game. So we should talk about the lore. Hmm. Because, uh, I know, I know you've, uh, we've, we've, we've talked about this a little bit, uh, behind the scenes, Fallout, the original, 1 and 2, set forth a very solid set of timelines and kind of lore. And Bethesda has loosened them up every single game they've released. 3, then 4, then 76. They've kind of retconned things and opened things up and been like, well, you know... Super mutants. Those are a fallout thing. So those are here now. Except no. Because that's not how super mutants work. Yeah, but, well, this uh, company, I guess, was experimenting with the forced evolutionary virus before the Great War in West Virginia for reasons that is never mentioned uh, or explored. And, like, the fact that like it's nev never explained... Again. Right, and it's that same reason why you shouldn't have fucking death claws either. Yeah, but death claws are iconic, so they gotta be in the game. If there's no death claws, people will riot, Jake. People will riot. Okay. So Oh my god. Clearly, they were just trying to shoehorn this game and as much Fallout lore as they can make just fucking work. And in some cases it flat out doesn't, they're like, fuck it, we're doing it anyway. Yeah. Fuck it, let's do it live, right? They put all the Fallout things in there. Whether or not they particularly made sense didn't matter. Like, um, how do you have Super Mutants without the Master? Again, it's a whole, hey, the FEV could be anywhere, I guess. But for that same reason, though, how do you have Death Claws, as like we think of Death Claws, without the Master? Oh, that one's very confusing. 
Now, I, I will grant that because they're based on some, like, gecko, right? Not some little lizard. I guess. You, and I thought it would be totally cool if you had some, like, precursor. Uh, be, sure, if somebody was working on some weird genetic experimentation to get some animal they could drop off behind enemy lines and just have it fuck shit up, great. I don't want to see a death claw though. I want to see like what eventually becomes a death claw. See, yeah, you can have so many weird mutated things. It well, you do get that though, Jason, because you get a two-headed opossum that's covered in nipples. Yeah, that's you know level what three at the most. Yeah, and foxes that look completely normal. Well, they're not even. They're just called foxes, not mutated foxes, just foxes. There's plenty of Mirelurks around, which, you know... Fucking Mirelurks. West Virginia is known for their crabbing. Why are there rad roaches? Or, or, more specifically, why are there rad roaches of such incredible size? Why not? But, yeah, no, I, I'm no um, biologist. I, I don't know how long it takes for you to uh, irradiate something to the point where it becomes a large, giant, mutated version of itself. But 25 years seems a mite short, personally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fallout's never been played tight with science. No. So. No, and like 300 years down the line after the Great War, I'm fine with there being big fuck-off roaches that attack you just because they're big and aggressive. Cool. But 25 years after, it really bothers me. Yeah, It just feels like the timeline is all scattered because of it. Like, you come out... And everyone's dead, and it just doesn't make sense. Like, these people survived the bombing of the Great War and fled to West Virginia, or were already in West Virginia. (laughs) And they started setting up, you know, small civilizations. There were raiding parties, obviously. I mean, Rose, as much as I hate her, talks about there was like four different clans. Five. Yeah. Yeah. And somewhere between the years of death and then rebuilding and then being like a small somewhat civilization everyone just died and um some of them as late as like the day before you opened the vault yeah whoops really just couldn't hold out yeah just just coincidentally every single human in all of this west virginia happens to be dead yeah, and, like, that's that's okay for some... I didn't follow the Overseer's missions. I'm confident at the end of it she's dead, because, of course she is. she is. Because everyone else is dead. Yes. But, yeah, it's mind-boggling when you run up to, like... Okay, when you first get to uh, that first city with the first responders, mm-hmm. uh, Flatwoods, I believe. When you get there and everyone's dead, it's a shock. Like, you're the... You come out of the vault, everyone's dead, you're like, what the shit is happening? That's great beginning of the game stuff right there. But every other city you come to after that, every other place you go, what the shit? Yeah. It is just boring. That's what I find it incredibly boring. Why? Why is the more lore? More lore. Oh, oh, speaking of lore, why do people use caps? That's what I was about to say. Um, They made up the excuse that I can't remember. uh, Nuka-Cola was testing a cap buyback system in West Virginia before the Great War. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Okay, but so fucking what? Yeah, so that's why the robots take caps. Okay. But even though everyone's dead, 
uh, all of the people up till then would like the, the survivors would have remembered using money, paper money that you can find all goddamn over. Yeah. But everyone deals in caps. Assumedly, I guess you don't know. Maybe they don't. Yeah, because everyone's dead. The only thing you, people you can buy from are robots and machines, which in more stupid ways, these, you know, robot vendors, they have a bunch of stuff. Why can't I hit them with my sledgehammer and take all their stuff? Or why, even if Nuka-Cola was having a cap buyback program or what the fuck ever, why would a robot not take cold hard cash? Because it would know what cash is. No, it was designed not to. For reasons. Also with the caps, why is it that, um... I realize that as you get your charisma up higher, and there's perks that you can get that make the buying and selling prices better. Yeah. Um, caps, for the most part, feel fuck-all useless, uh, because anything that you want to buy from one of the robot vendors or the vending machines is, one, really expensive, and two, if you're trying to sell your stuff to them, it is worth fucking nothing. Well, that's how you combat people being able to just gather a metric shit ton of stuff, is you make it worth nothing. So that way people don't get too much money and buy all the best stuff and enjoy your game. Yeah, so it, the only interaction that you have with other players is trading gear. Or PvP, Jake! You can fight them! Uh-uh. I mean, I literally never saw that ever, but, you know. No, uh-uh. But, um, there is no extra economy to speak of, so why are you worried about people breaking it? And, you know, the stash boxes can hold 600 pounds of stuff, and I ran into that limit in our limited playtime, and I know people who are, like, high level have talked about hitting that limit so hard and so frequently that they would basically go up to new players and drop goodie bundles of just stuff. Just here's stuff, like large amounts of early game, you know, materials for them to build with. Because they don't need it, and, like, their stash box is too full. Yeah, no, I, I didn't have that. Maybe if I had some good Samaritan drop off a bunch of shit to me out of nowhere, I'd have, I wouldn't have anything more positive to say, but... No. Like, that, that would have helped. But it, ultimately, you don't need it. Ultimately, you need, like, what is it? Screws, uh, gears, springs, and adhesive? Goddamn adhesive. That's the only fucking thing you ever need. You can build shit out of glue. Well, I mean, like, the late game, I think Power Armor used all those, like, screws and gears and stuff. Mm. And so, because Power Armor is OP compared to everything else, because the balancing in this game is terrible. Mm, I was going to say non-existent. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it was so bad that they nerfed one thing to try to rebalance it, and it was still so far and away the best strategy. We'll get to that. We'll get to that now. Why not? What? Sure. Do we have any more lore to talk about? It's kind of hackneyed and dumb. Everything feels very forced. Hooray. The only other thing I want to talk about the lore, and it ties in with the map. Uh, it's big and it's sprawling and it's empty as all hell, and you can only go in uh, half the buildings, maybe, because the rest of them are boarded up. But unlike other uh, Fallout games where they take real-world places, you don't have that. Like, there's towns. Like, we went to Point Pleasant. Yep. Um, And I guess I'm not that familiar with West Virginia cities. I do know that uh, you go to Vault Tech U at one point, and I couldn't, for the life of me, understand why they wouldn't have uh, 
pick a goddamn college in West Virginia and just have that where you go? Oh, you mean how you actually go to Morgantown? Morgantown Airport and Morgantown, which is home of West Virginia University. Son of a bitch. Like, the flagship university of the state is in Morgantown, a city they put in the game. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is what I mean. Yeah. Oh, that one? Yeah. Which, by the way, uh, because of divergent timelines, right, the whole Fallout universe basically diverges right around World War II from our timeline. Okay. They use our timeline up until then and then basically create a divergent history where after World War II, uh, people became, like, the splitting of the atom, everyone became way more reliant on atomic power and atomic weapons and then technology expanded rapidly while culture didn't and culture stagnated of like the 50s yeah which is why it's this kind of retro futuristic thing is that the culture of the time never really progressed past the 50s 60s but the technology kept advancing due to the continued advancement of nuclear technologies which means west virginia university founded in the 1800s would have been a thing because as it turns out the universities in the united states are older than world war ii hmm who knew since when since basically all of them since uh always yeah yeah so cool cool talk i wanted to go to a football stadium that way country home country roads would have felt you know right like they could have played it from the intercom while you walked on the field. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. That would have been something. You know, it would have started, ended up in static, then the game would have fucking crashed. Well, yeah, sure, but... <laughs> uh, anyway, you want to talk about how guns are, guns are useless? Guns are useless, don't use them. Yeah, no, really, because I tried. You, you think I might be exaggerating here for even the briefest of moments, and I'm not. I'm not at all. You could use whatever gun you want. Pick a gun, 50 caliber rifles... And guess what? I will out-DPS you with a knife. It is stupid <laughs> how much damage you do with melee. And I tried. I tried for half of my time playing to use fucking guns. Because why wouldn't I use a gun? Oh, I just got this fucking new gun. It's the same level as what I have for different whole other reasons I had. But, like, the damage is slightly better. Only when I hit something, it does less damage than the one I had. But, wait, hold on. Sure, I, I know. My problem is I'm just not getting those headshots in, right? Like, that's what I need. I need to get those sweet, sweet headshots. Yeah, oh, get them, shit. Get them crits. A legendary fucking uh, 44 Magnum with a scope on it. And fucking, this bitch is made for headshots. Bloop. I shoot a fucking ghoul in his face, and it takes his life bar down, maybe a fifth. And then Jason runs up with his hammer and destroys it. There is nothing fucking left of this son of a bitch. He just gives out. He doesn't really, because the game would be too awesome if it actually gibbed. But every fight where we would play together ended up like that. I would shoot at something with, pick a gun for next to no goddamn damage, and you would just clean it up with a hammer. Yeah. Most often, one fucking swing. I mean, it was mostly just me running into a group of dudes, and, I mean, bullets would be flying over my head as you would be trying to shoot things, and then I would just put them in the dirt. And, like, and I watched this, and the whole time you're like, why are you bothering with guns? I'm like, because it's Fallout, I gotta use a gun, right? And then I got a ski sword, 
and like I upgraded and I was like, oh, like the damage I put on this is fucking sweet. And then I hit something with it. I'm like, holy shit. Why wasn't I doing this the whole fucking time? Think of all the hammers I threw away. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, it says 50. My gun says 50. And you walk up and you hit something and it takes three quarters of their health. And you're like, wait, what? I don't think 50 is 50. No. No. And it's like the way that the uh, enemies scale. Right. Which has to tie in with damage, because, like... <laughs> how do you describe how enemies, like, their level scale? It's based on region, uh, because stuff on the west side of the map are stronger. Or east side of the map, excuse me. So... And southeast is the strongest, right? Yes, southeast is the strongest. Every area, and uh, they don't lay it out, so there's no, like, grid or anything, but every area has a upper and lower bound for level. Right, the lower bound for even the toughest area is like ten. So, if you get there and you're the only one there, things will actually scale down to like level ten. It's kind of amazing. And then the upper bound is uncapped. Uh, I think like ninety is around the highest. I don't think enemies go over level a hundred. I mean, I didn't see any, but I. I I didn't see anything over 60-something, personally. was the highest I saw. Hmm. Level 97 Deathclaw was the highest I saw. 68 was the highest I saw, and that yeah. was at White Springs. So, it, I don't know if levels go beyond that, but that's the idea is that they scale automatically to the highest level player nearby when they initiate their, like, respawn. Yeah, so if you... Uh, fresh out the vault, level five, fucking fresh faced and ready to greet the world comes and oh, there's some level 100 dude. I'm gonna follow him. <laughs> hey, all the enemies are now scaled to him. Yeah. So, you were always a few levels ahead of me. Um, mm -hmm. like three or four. Like, it was never a crazy gap. I think at its biggest, it might have gotten up to six when I played for a couple hours without you. Yeah. Um, and even then, uh, if we were anywhere near other players, me using a gun, let's say it's you and I were in the teens somewhere, mm -hmm. level 50, 60, you'd overhear us, everything scaled to him. I can't do any damage with my guns, not anything that makes a goddamn bit of damage or difference. That's what I was going for. And then you run up and still smash shit with a hammer. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, we, very early on... You were like, hey, you know, I've gone to the Mothman Festival, so you wanted to go visit Point Pleasant. Shit, yeah, dude. So, we turned and started running towards Point Pleasant. On the road there, we ran into a Mothman. Uh, so, what, this was when we were probably, like, level 10 and 12-ish. Sounds about right. Uh, you started trying to shoot the Mothman. The Mothman was level 35. Yes. Did you do any damage? I don't think I got hit markers. As far as I don't know that I actually did any damage. Yeah. And then I ran up with my sledgehammer. And, I mean, you know, it took a little while, but you could notice chunks coming off his light points. I switched to a pickaxe that I had because when I'd hit him, like, I could actually see damage coming off. But yeah. it wasn't enough that it made, like, it clicked with me right there. That was just the beginning. So, as I said, I jumped ahead of you and level a fair amount once when I was by myself because... You were off, and I was mucking around, and, like, you know, all the enemies were scouted. I was around 15 at this point, and 
I was fighting some level 10 dudes, level 15 dudes, and it was going all right. And then I ran into a bunch of, like, level 50 ghouls. And I was like, man, I wonder if I can fight them. So I jacked myself with some psycho buff, pounded back some vodka, and went (laughs) a-swinging. So vodka increases your endurance and strength by lowering your endurance and strength and charisma and lowers your intelligence. And psycho buff is just... uh, Increases your damage, reduces damage you take, increases your total health. Do drugs, kids. Helps you in the fight. Well, psycho buff. Yeah! <laughs> uh, and so I run up to these, like, level 50 ghouls, and I just put them in the dirt with my hammer. At level 15. They're 40 levels higher than me. And I was just wailing on them. So with that, uh, the issue that I had with my gear because the their drops are tied to the level that the enemies are, which is tied to, if not by region, the highest level player around. If I was there, taking pot shots to get hit markers, so if some like OP dude finally killed this shit, that I would get the XP for it, which uh, White Springs have just said a couple times, just go there and farm some XP, you're welcome. Yeah, if you're actually going to play this game... Uh, do that for the first couple days of your game. It'll be really boring, but, you know, you'll actually level up. Yeah, yeah, um, you will. I mean, that's all taken with a grain of salt. Don't actually play this game. Oh, God, no. Don't do not do that to yourself. So, there, though, where all the enemies are, like, between 40 and 60, and I, at this point, am nearing level 20, and I've got my sledgehammer, so, like, as long as they're lined up at the door and not crowding me, I can, like, take one out. And just, like, they just keep coming. And the, where you respawn right there is, like, a foot from the door. So, like, they'd kill me and I'd just come right back. So, I was just getting XP. Everything that I'd pick up would be level 45, level 50. So, I couldn't use it. But I couldn't find anything that was scaled to me wherever I was on the map. So, all the way from level 5 to the time I hit level 20, there was nothing in between. There was no level 10 drops because it's everything's uh, every five levels. So. Yeah. I could find a gun that would be uh, either level 5 or level 30. Or a piece of armor that would be level 5 or level 20. Which is great when you're level 18. Because all your level 5 shit is weak as hell. Yeah. And all the what would be better stuff that you pick up you can't use. You could store it for later. Oh, wait, no. You're right. I could break it down to try and get some mods out of it. Yeah, because you'll get enough high-level stuff because once you actually get to that level, it's really easy to get gear. Like, if you actually got to level 50, just go to White Springs, kill a bunch of level 62 ghouls, and everything to drop will be level 50. Yeah. Um, go there. Run around for a minute. Uh, set your camp up outside. I mean, why waste time, right? Yeah. You just start there. A lot of people do. Yeah, yeah, they do. And, like, I didn't get it the first time. I get it now. Also, the camp? Let me talk about the camp. I'm not going to. It's not even worth mentioning. Well, you know, it's why it's not worth mentioning. It's because I uh, think that they're camp building their settlement building from 4, and the upgraded version for this game uh, is still bad. I don't enjoy it, and I never wanted to do it. No, uh... I didn't care for Fallout 4 for various reasons. But what I hated most was the building. I'm not, that's not what I'm coming to Fallout for. And the fact that you have your camp, which it's cool how you can set it up anywhere as long as there's nothing around. And it does give you a free fast travel point. Mm -hmm. 
isn't worth the time that it takes to actually put some shit together. And, like, by the time uh, we would play and I set up, like, a glue farm, like, just make enough stuff that it would make some vegetable starch, or you could break it down for vegetable starch, but it wouldn't produce enough in the time that we were playing that it really made that much of a difference. No. So, it... Basically, I set up a bunch of time building my little 9x9 shack with some <laughs> turrets on the top just to like keep the wild animals away so I could have this glue farm that boiled down to me spending a bunch of time on something that was worthless. Yeah. And we came across one other dude's camp who had it on stilts outside of the uh, golf store just to have turrets lined up that were shooting the ghouls, mm-hmm. which was fucking genius. Yeah, he would just lure them around the building and his turrets would just shred them. But that was the only other one I ever saw. I would come across the workshops, which are uh, static in the world, and you can come and take them over, then build it up how you see fit, where other people had taken them over. And, like, you know, as long as you weren't attacking them, you could come and use their shit. I don't know, the camp suck, man. Oh, oh, and I did like in my camp how uh, when I put the floorboards down, all the... Uh, branches and plant life that was there before just came through the floor so like I had my cooking station in the corner that you couldn't see because of the fucking bush that was there (laughs) yeah I remember that because I went to your camp because you can fast travel to your teammates camps for free and I was like Jake do you have a cooking station I can't find it yeah I'm like yeah it's in the corner and like, and I was gonna move it, but it's hilarious to just sit in the middle oh, of a bush and cook I was something. Like, Jake, there's just a shrub there. You're like, yeah, no, go interact with the shrub. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, then you just like sit down <laughs> in the middle of. A- <laughs> Which I, uh, you know, that'll bring us perfectly into the amount of graphical glitches, texture issues, and just everything, everything wrong. Um. It's amazing how many graphical and lighting issues I was running into. It was constant. Constant. Yeah. The entire time, from the very beginning, once you start, to the point where I uninstalled it. Uh, Multiple times I would kill an enemy, or I would stumble across one that's already dead, and it would suddenly just stretch out. I had one, it was a Scorch, that had died on the other side of this hill... And its skull had stretched out for a literal half mile. Like, it was through the hill, and it just kept right the fuck on going. Uh, I need you to really quickly describe my character. Oh, uh, your Pompadour Ginger, who, uh, we were at my camp, and when you spawned in, uh, I believe you had said your armor was broken, which would explain where you were standing there and nothing but your skivvies. No, it wasn't broken, It was just that if you had your armor equipped when you got disconnected from the server, when you loaded back into the game, you wouldn't get any of the, uh, like, stat buffs from your armor. Yeah, okay. Which would explain why you were essentially naked. Yeah, I mean, it was equipped, but it just wasn't, you know, working, I guess. And then the armor faded in before your clothes, where it was just like a chest piece and an arm piece just popped on. Uh, and then those disappeared and pants came. Just like as we're moving around, it's like you're just changing until finally your clothes came back, except for your shoes. You don't need shoes. Which at that point I looked down like, do I have shoes on? Because, <laughs> like, you know, I never noticed the shoes in a Fallout game. I guess whatever. I'm not noticing other people's shoes. I don't care. But man, it was weird. 
and which I will say also say, um, at one point, whenever I would interact with a workstation, so you know it goes to that third person view and you start like hammering away. Mm-hmm. My character would burst into flames. I remember you mentioning that once. Cause you're like, Jake, can you come look at me? I'm like, sure. Why? Am I on fire? Is this a fucking NBA GM shit you're about to drop on me? No, literally, is my character on fire right now? Am I take like what what is happening? Yeah, because on my screen it was just my character engulfed in flames while he was hammering away at an armor bench, and I was like, what am I? What? Well, clearly you're just channeling Vulcan. Yeah, it's. I was in on this. I was like, I am the forge. <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of weird fucking bugs, like the graphical, yeah, the lighting. I don't know how many times we would walk somewhere and the light would just change. I assume this has to do with like the time of day because like yeah. the sun moves. But, but sometimes you would take like a single step and the entire lighting of the game, which would include like where the light was coming from the shaders and everything would just change in an instant so like i was in an area and it was all this like red kind of sandstormy almost look and very dark i took one step forward all of a sudden blue skies like noon lighting just completely different and it's so jarring because i was outside the whole time and I was like, ah, we've got storms up. Well, I guess we don't have storms. I guess it's the nicest day I've ever seen. What just happened? Except you watch as all the textures pop in. Oh, yeah. For just like in sections across the map as far as the eye can see. Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> or uh, we were walking through the woods once and uh, we hit a certain line where everything just went blue on me. And I took another step and it went purple. I took another step and it was fine. And then standing there went red and then white and then fine again. Or the um, flamethrower traps where when they went off, there was just giant hexagons over the flame itself. And when this episode goes live, I'll post that on Twitter. Man, it was it was weird because it was like they had um, they took up 3D space. (laughs) The fuck is happening here? Yeah, yeah. Everywhere we went, every time we played, without fail, constant just like, this isn't rendering properly. If I turn my head, things will vanish that don't leave my sight. Like, I'm just turning slightly and things will pop in and out of existence every time I move. There is uh, one key bug I want to talk about, but before we get to that, we need to talk about the uh, Skyrim dragons. Oh, uh, yeah, let's just talk about how everything is pulled whole cloth from their other stuff. Uh, basically, all the assets are reused from Fallout 4. A lot of, like, you know, houses, enemies, and stuff is just pulled straight from Fallout 4. And then... They were adding new enemies, and they were like, well, let's pull the dragon from Skyrim. Yep. Straight up exact animations. Hilariously, the music that starts playing when you interact with these things is... It sounds like Skyrim. I know, was that supposed to be a cheeky joke? I don't know. At this point, I don't know. Like, the only difference in it is instead of a dragon skull, they have a bat face. Yep. 
But they have the breath attack. Mm-hmm. And they hit you with that dubstep cannon. Like, it, it's dragons. It's dragons from Skyrim. They just pulled, stuck in this game. Minor tweaks to make it feel authentic. I guess they don't have a tail because it's supposed to be a bat. Neat. But it's uh, it flies like a Skyrim dragon. Tails? I thought they had tails. They might have. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure they do. I don't know. It, it flies like Skyrim dragon. Yeah. It, well, it, it uses you like the a same animation. Dragon. People have like overdubbed them and you can see it uses the same like animations. So you take this big unkillable motherfucker because we're still fairly low level. Uh, the Scorch Beast in question here was uh, level 50. We were at the bog. Yep. Bog town. Bog town. And we had uh, a Scorch Beast show up and then just get aggroed. Yeah. And then bring the goddamn thunder. And we spent uh, 45 minutes, a solid 45 minutes, being plagued by this thing where we would try and get away. And me personally, it would like kill me and then I'd spawn back there at the uh, workshop. And then I would hide and sneak into a building and I would just wait. And like you would run away. And so it was like trying to find one of us. And then it'd go off and attack something random and it'd come back. And it would see me through the building while hiding. Because it would, it like, it would, uh, what do you get? Like, the warning and then caution? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't get that. It would just go from hiding to caution, and then I would just start getting bombarded as it attacks through buildings. Well, yeah, because it has this AoE attack that, like, lays down a poison field that goes through all buildings. Yeah, it tears you up. Yeah, it does. I don't know. We fast-traveled away, and when we fast-traveled, it literally was right above us. Just like, hi, I'm still here! Yeah. Neat. Dear God, why? It didn't even stop being aggroed. Like, we fast traveled. As we spawned in, it was just like, breath attack! <laughs> I think that gets the point across. Yeah. Uh, man, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to think of more hilarious things. Uh, some of them didn't happen to us, but, you know, some people, for a period of time, couldn't log in. Like, they would load into the game and then they couldn't actually keep playing their character until they created a new character when they went to create new character then escape back to the main menu then they could reload their character uh what? yeah that was a thing that was an actual legitimate thing that happened to a lot of people um i deleted some people's save data or in the early going ons they supposedly fixed that never happened to me so i can't really you know yeah, it say. didn't happen to me either no I, like every, everything the, gla- the game is a massively glitchy mess and it's not super surprising and them pulling all their same assets isn't surprising because they're still using the creation engine Jake it's time for me to complain about the creation engine alright get to it alright the creation engine is the engine that Bethesda uses to make their games because it allows them to make games uh god how did they phrase it how did Todd master of lies phrase it <laughs> It allows them to make games like they know the engine really well. So it lets them create dynamic games quickly and efficiently. And it's trash. It's, you know, an updated reskinned version of the Gamebryo engine, which the Gamebryo engine was the one they used on Morrowind. So, I mean, like the, the heart of this engine is like 15, 18, 20 years old. Now they've updated it. And, you know, they gave it a new name, Creation Engine. And 
engines do update, right? You know, as you go to build a new game, you take the engine you have, you take all the lessons you've learned, and you kind of tinker with it to give it a new upgrade. I mean, you can even see it in other games. Like, as you iterate an engine, it can get better. Great. But this engine, the very heart and soul of it, is old. And it has error bugs and stuff that are in it from Morrowind still. Still. It's clearly an outdated engine that they are attempting, you know, that... Jesus. They hacked together to run their single-player games. And, you know, even those have not been not glitchy messes. Because they have been. Which then they're now hacking to try to support multiplayer, and it doesn't work. Do you have uh, anything more you want to go over, or can we uh, put a bow on this one? There's so many things I want to go over. <laughs> so many. You got somewhere to be, boy? Uh... Sit down, strap in. Bethesda's a garbage company. <laughs> No, but seriously, fuck them. Uh, this game feels like it is the most just lazy money grab type of a game. At least it's not free to play? No, no, it should be free to play. I agree. They should not have charged money for this because it's trash. And there's no way they didn't know it was trash. And then they advertised it like it wasn't. Yeah, but they advertised like... Before it came out when they're like, look, we know, we know how it is right now, but we're working on it. Then don't release it. Don't take people's money for a game that doesn't exist. It's absolute trash. So personally, if you took out the, the bugs, Jesus, like if, if you could fix the bugs, right? And uh, you're left with a working version of the game. I, I still wouldn't like it. I'd, my chief reason... Is that Fallout, I don't think, works in a multiplayer format. So, I don't think it works in a massively multiplayer format. When it comes to looting, uh, looting to get those sweet, sweet materials for all the crap that you're going to make, right? Which, I hate building in a game. That's not a game about that. Uh, I don't particularly care for crafting. I don't like survival games, just like in general. I mean, on the plus side, when you start chugging dirty water in here, you don't stop running and throw up, right? I think it's got that over Metal Gear Survive. I like Survive. I like Survive in basically every single aspect more than this game. Well, because it actually worked? Yeah. I actually found the gameplay fun at times. This felt like a chore. But uh, you and I are out exploring together. And, like, the crates and shit are instants once we open it up. There's stuff for everybody. Hooray! But all the shit lying around is not. So when nope. you and I run up to a shelf and there's one roll of duct tape and... Why use caps? Because adhesive could be the goddamn currency. Now only one person's getting it. Mm -hmm. And that fucking sucks. Yes. That makes going around exploring and looting so much more beneficial to do by yourself than with anybody else. In fact, depending on the level difference, it is more beneficial for you to do it on your goddamn own. Because if you're weak and you're going with some higher level people and they're just killing shit and you're trying to get some pot shots into farm experience, well, that's great. But anything that you pick up off their corpse, which you could only loot stuff from the corpse like the one time. So it's just like stuff laying out in the world. Mm -hmm. If uh, they pick up all the ammo that whatever corpse, I don't know, sucks for you. 
oh, they're dropping gear that these people don't want, but it's 20 levels above where you are, so you can't use it anyway. Well, well. Even if this game worked, just as a multiplayer game, I, I do not like it. I do not like the way that you would play a Fallout game. It doesn't work with multiple people with you at the same time. I think it could work with a small group. If it was just a like play with your friends type thing, it was like if it was the two of us, or three or four maybe, I could see it being, you know, kind of a fun way to play with friends. This is not that. And it's not an MMO, and it's not anything. It They just were like, here's an idea we came up with, and then we shat it out and, you know, told people to buy it. And then people defended them for it. Good lord, there's still people on certain subreddits who we might post this episode on and then enrage them and it'll be funny. Oh, 100%. This game is bad. It's bad in basically every aspect. And Bethesda is spat in your face saying, here's this, go fuck yourself. And anyone who defends them for it should really reevaluate that. Bethesda deserves all the hate they get for this. I honestly don't want to buy anything they make anymore. I don't even, like, if Starfield has glowing reviews, I'm not sure I'm going to buy it. Fuck them. I, mean, I don't even know what Starfield is. It's their next game. Yeah. It's Starfield and then Elder Scrolls Six, which are both supposed to use the creation engine still because they like it a lot because uh, modders know it better than they do so that the they can not pay people to fix all the errors in their games. Hmm, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to say it's easier to use an engine that you already have and you just shit out games. Oh, it 100% is. But when you pump them out with, uh, I don't know, as fast as they do, that's not really what they're doing either. You know, every three years. When did uh, Skyrim, like the first actual release of it, come out? Oh, I don't know. That was probably like eight to nine years ago. Yeah, and... Um, how long was it between uh, Fallout 3 and 4? Uh, 4 came out 2015. So this was their first release since then. So yeah, it took them three years between Fallout 4 and this. Yeah. What took uh, what what took three years? Nothing. This is a unfinished beta-like fucking patch for Fallout 4. That's what this is. It's like, hey, here would be a weird expansion for Fallout 4 that you would maybe charge someone $10 for because it's a broken and incomplete experience. And they sold it as a whole game. (laughs) I don't think I have anything more to say about this one. I don't think I can say anything more without just being more anger. And they deserve it. They really do. I am honestly 100% not kidding about how much, like, I... This this game is so bad. And... (laughs) The fact that, like, it was made in the first place and then they were willing to sell it and then lie basically to everyone's faces about what they had made. And then a month after it came out, when we were playing, it was still horrifically broken. I, there's nothing to say about that. It's a horrifically broken game. Yeah, I can only hope that you know, eventually they fix it. Maybe in a year's time it's something workable. It won't be. I know it won't be. And I am never going to reinstall it to find out. Yeah. And I'm going to step back when I said, if you are defending Bethesda uh, to fuck off, and I mean that, if you enjoy this game, that's fine. You can enjoy whatever you want. Levels of good or bad. Lord knows, hilariously, when Alex was still here, of the three of us, 
both of us defended Big Rigs as the as an experience because it's an experience. Mm-hmm. And I still will say, absolutely pay big play Big Rigs because it's fucking crazy. <laughs> but don't play this game. So I, you know, you can enjoy terrible things, but this is pretty objectively terrible. Don't defend them for something that you like just because you like it. If you spent $60 and you're really enjoying the game, good for you. Have your fun. But the game is broken. And the way they have gone about, you know, selling the game because they're salespeople. That's what they're supposed to do. Is incredibly disingenuous and just like, hey, we're going to give you a canvas bag. Oh, wait, nope, a nylon bag. Oh, wait, please don't sue us a canvas bag. Don't worry, all you got to do is submit a support ticket. Oh, wait, we're giving those support tickets to random people. (laughs) They don't even look like a professional company. They look like a dude in a basement somewhere who's just panicking. (laughs) From the outside looking in, you go, how is this a real company? And Bethesda's like, oh, God. And you realize that Bethesda is actually one of the largest gaming companies around. I mean, Bethesda Studios obviously is owned by the Bethesda like production company, and the production company is gigantic. Hmm. I mean, like, Doom was produced by Bethesda. Right. Technically. Like, a lot of games. Like, they're a pretty big company. Yeah, I guess I just never think about it. Yeah. And this massive, historic gaming company... This is where they are. It's embarrassing. They should do better because they should want to do better because this shit is garbage. So when I I went to GameStop to uh, get another game that we're doing and uh, I asked the guy working, hey, have you played uh, 76? And the guy's like, no. You know, really? He's like, yeah, I got as far as installing it. And then, you know, I mean, you've been on the internet. You know what people are saying about it. I thought, I don't want anything to do with this. In fact, uh, his store, uh, and I won't say which one, had uh, an entire like rack you know that they have behind the counter uh, filled with Fallout 76. He's like, we returned most of them. I have maybe 20 copies of it left, which are, of course, just sitting here because nobody's buying it. Yeah. Man. I, I hope. like My hatred is unbound, and I hope Bethesda listens. Maybe. Maybe they can turn shit around. Not with 76. I think that's a foregone conclusion, and I never intend to play it ever again. But going forward, I hope they actually learn from this. Because it seems like they didn't between Fallout 4 and this. I I hope they actually listen. And it seems like they hopefully will because of the massive negative amount of money this probably made. Because of the very, very noticeable drop-off in sales. Um, between the sales and the PR shitstorm that it's got garnered them. Yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope they actually listen because I want them to make good games because I want everyone to make good games because I want to play good games, which is why I am once again, cautiously optimistic about the outer worlds. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I'm trying to garner, garner, Jesus. I'm trying to uh, stifle my own hype about that game. Yep. Um, for exact reasons, like you had said. But man, that looks pretty good. I mean, as I've said, of the new Fallout's, New Vegas is my favorite because it's the most like one and two. Unsurprising, since it was made by Obsidian, 
who has developers from Black Isle, which is the company that made 1 and 2. Ta-da! It has some of the people who actually designed those first two games, so it's the most like them. Which, obviously, this is Obsidian's new game. I am more interested. I want it to be good. I really do. We'll find out, though. Sometime next year. Maybe we'll get a an update on Borderlands 3 at that point. So that's the... I have cautious optimism for that. Same thing with uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Nope, 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 nope. For me, Cyberpunk 2077 is like a movie I know I'm going to watch. I don't want to hear shit about it. I, I, it doesn't matter. Just let me know when I can give you money for it. Yeah. Uh, when it releases, because I refuse to pre-order anything. Same. And I like I, I'm so want it to be a thing. And I want it to be everything I want it to be. And there's a very good chance it won't. That's a very dangerous line to walk. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to tamper down my expectations all the time. Because sometimes you're cautiously optimistic about Fallout 76. <laughs> and then this shit happens. I believe I had said on the E3 episode that I didn't care about it. I, I wasn't caught. I, I, there was nothing about this game that spoke to me. I don't want to play four. I don't want to play more four. I don't want to play four with multiplayer. Fuck all that noise. Well, it was at that point we didn't even really know what it was. You know, it was the biggest Fallout game yet. The largest map they've ever designed. That was basically all they told us. And then just, you know, pure Kevin Sorbo over here. <laughs> Look, I've been talking for I don't even know how long at this point. Yeah. I can keep going if you want. No, no. We're done. Don't buy the game. That's it. Easy peasy. No one recommends it. It's not for anybody. It's not. It's, uh, yeah. We doing emails? Not really. No one sends us emails. People send us emails. So, uh, in that vein, send us emails. Uh, any comments, questions, concerns, suggestions. If you just want to tell us off, tell us that Fallout 76 is the greatest game of the millennia. Send it, uh, to the badgamecast at gmail.com. We'll read it. Usually we read them on air. Uh, we don't have any right now. That's life. What else do I plug? There's a subreddit. R the Bad Gamecast. That yep. should get updated every time we release a new episode. As well as the Bad Gamecast on Reddit. Jake goes and harasses people to listen to our podcast. I try. And I mean that when I say harassment. It's... So it's a fine line. It's shameless. Yeah. There is a Facebook page, which I update about once a month. Really lazily throw together some descriptions. You'll enjoy them. They're about how much I care about Facebook. <laughs> you can really feel it in the words. Uh, you can follow the Bad Gamecast on Twitter. Uh, it's more the Bad Gamecast. Tweet at the Bad Gamecast. I might respond. I mean, I respond to most people that aren't Alex. He's dead to me now. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're looking forward to Twitch TV forward slash the Bad Gamecast, is that how you do Twitch? Yeah. Because the Bad Gamecast has a Twitch account, which I will occasionally use. Jake may or may not use, or might use his own. We'll see how things go. Uh, Yeah, we can figure that shit out sometime. Yep. But uh, I was streaming some of us playing Fallout. 
If you missed out on that, I'm sorry, because it's not happening again. Oh, you didn't archive it, did you? Probably not. Well, uh, yeah. Oh, well. Uh, so that's... There'll be random streams going up. I'll probably... I'll try to remember to tweet about them. I kind of forgot for the first hour of our stream. So... Uh, yeah, there'll be some interesting stuff. I think we're going to try to have more updates on that in 2019. Jake, say things. Oh, right. I'm just nodding into a mic. Uh, yeah, you can't like sign language doesn't work. Right. Audio medium. Sure. Sure. Uh, I don't have nearly all the stuff to plug since uh, you did all of it. Well, if you want to get a hold of me personally, you can find me on Twitter at Jake Prey. Yeah, I think it's everything. Yep, that's it. It's all the things. All wrapped up with a nice little bow. Put it under the tree. It's a bomb. <laughs> Everyone dies on Christmas. Jesus. <laughs> Happy Fallout. <laughs> Happy Fallout, everyone. <laughs> Happy goddamn Fallout. Well, <laughs> for the bad game cast, you know who we are, so fucking see you next time. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> end of show shit what do you got mm, sure you know i think i'm gonna um redo our um outro music and so it just plays for like two minutes and then <laughs> us talking over it <laughs> sure sure why not why not why not why not that uh, sounds like more work than i would have put into it it is <laughs> Whew, no i'm just coming coming back down you know yeah, yeah. try not to be a rage monster I come by it naturally. Yeah, again, we've met. You know, you did better this time than you did on Zombier, where you were, like, rage-seizing the whole time. Oh, which yeah. Which was funny to watch, but you weren't on camera. Yeah, no, that... Zombier offended me at, like, my soul level. <laughs> it offended me by its existence. And Fallout 76 is, is pathetic, and that's what I feel about it. I feel like Bethesda should know better they can do better they should do better and they just don't they didn't and it's kind of embarrassing <laughs> fallout 76 it's just sad <laughs> put it on the back of the box